This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you, whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives. You'll find it all here. Once a respected teacher, Norman Simons became a reviled figure in a community that once trusted him with their children's futures. Found guilty of the murder of a young boy, many were convinced he was the infamous station strangler, responsible for the killings of 21 other children in the 1990s. Despite admitting to other murders, he was never found guilty. Now, having been released on parole after serving 28 years, that ominous tag has followed him out of prison. And much to the unease of many of its residents, Simons has been settled in the Cape Town suburb of Paro. It's been a few weeks since his release and Aaron went to find out how people are coming to terms with the convicted murderer in their midst. Harrow, north of Cape Town, a haven for families with children. But, after recent events, the atmosphere darkens here as a man dubbed the Station Strangler is released on parole. He served two-thirds of a life sentence for sodomizing and murdering a young boy. He'd confessed to killing others. And this is his new home. Norman Simons went from prison to Paro on parole a month ago. Some residents say he did the crime and served his time, but others fear for the safety of their children. My first investigation was where is he going to be? That was really a concern. People were up in arms, people were afraid. We want to know this, we want to know that. What's up, what's up, Stara? like you see? <laughs> For grade one teacher Lisa Etzebeth, the fear is real. Knowing you live in the street or in the community with someone that hurts little children and especially boys, it's very concerning. I have to stress and I have to worry about where is this person staying? Where is, is my children going to get into contact with them? So it's, it's alarming. Have there been talks in social circles or even in your professional circles around Simon's release into Paro? Yes, parents are very worried. Um, we do not know what this person looks like and they can't share any information or pictures about him. Clifford Abel is a single parent. Your two sons, does that weigh on your mind when you think about Norman Simon's being in Paro? Yeah, my sons is my priority in life. So that is a great concern for me as a parent, not knowing how his face looks at this time. And the government says he gets four hours outdoors to look for work or whatever. It takes 10 minutes to kidnap a child. The station strangler's reign of terror swept the Cape Flats and surrounds in the late 80s and early 90s. The bodies of 22 young boys discovered in shallow graves. 
The bodies of more than a dozen victims were found lying face down, hands tied behind their backs in shallow graves, sodomized and strangled. Not knowing when the next murder is going to take place, not knowing who's going to be the next victim, and knowing that local children disappeared and they were murdered and, and raped. Norman Yankees, at the time a young activist, joined in the search for missing boys. He'd attended Simon's adult Isikosa classes. He was really popular amongst the, his learners as such. Uh, he was regarded as a very good teacher, likeable guy. Norman Simons was a teacher at Alpine Primary School in Beacon Valley on the Cape Flats. He was said to be quiet, unassuming, and a seemingly upstanding member of this community. It's said he knew how to engage and befriend children who surrounded him at school. It was in the coastal town of Strand, not far from the Cape Flats, that he encountered his young victim called Elroy van Royen. The 10-year-old lived with his grandmother. His aunt Florence Galant, who'd read about the so-called station strangler in the news, warned children to be weary of strangers. I warned them to be careful, because when they walk, they can't get into anyone's car. There is a man who's catching children and killing them. Alroy's words were, but Titi, that man won't get me. On a fateful afternoon, Elroy and his cousin Reno were pushing trolleys for pocket money at a local mall. They were approached by a stranger who asked them to carry boxes to a nearby station for a tip. Remembering the warnings, Reno turned around. But Elroy didn't. He boarded the train with the man and vanished. Granny Louise was beside herself. I said, Reno, where is Alroy? What happened to him? That's when Reno spilled the beans. He said, I decided not to go with the man on the train. I thought he must be at the station. Ten days later, Elroy's decomposing body was found in a felt close to a station, in the pocket of his blue tracksuit pants, his favorite toy, a spinning top. The station strangler lured victims from train stations and game arcades to their death. A handwritten note found in the trouser pocket of one of the boys read, One more, more to come. There was no evidence on Elroy's body linking him to his killer. Someone who'd seen a man with two boys on the day of Elroy's disappearance helped the police compile an identikit. It later appeared in the papers. It matched the appearance of the teacher, Norman Simons, who was arrested on charges of murder and sodomy. What was your reaction when you found out that he'd been charged? I was obviously shocked. But I also understood, and it made perfect sense. Uh, he, he had the personality, he got along well with kids. Simons confessed to being sodomized by his late brother as a child. He said it had been his brother's voice that instructed him to kill the children. Simons didn't testify in his own trial, and he was sentenced to life in prison. 
Most serial murderers will have a, a preferred victimology. Of course, if you are a pedophile and you want to rape and murder, you're going to be focusing on children. Forensic psychologist Dr. Gerard Labuskachny and his team reopened the case in 2010. But DNA technology wasn't yet able to link Simons to the bodies of the other murdered children. What would be the differences between the kind of evidence available to investigators and the police in the 90s versus now? Now we're able to obtain DNA from, you know, from a light touch on a door handle, fleeting contact. So the ability to get better DNA from smaller samples and less perfect samples is, is definitely improved uh, with time. Pressure to reopen the case has mounted since Simon's release and a task team has now been assembled. In the interim, Deputy Provincial Commissioner for Crime Detection, Bongani Makashalala, says the police aren't letting down their guard. Taking into account that the anger of uh, the people when he was released, so it became very important for government to ensure that also he is protected. He is under 24-hour arrest and he is monitored closely by correctional service. It's a necessary reassurance in South Africa, a staggering 90% of those released from prison commit further crime, and sex offenders are high on the list. Sex offender child molesters are the highest reoffenders amongst prison community. It's very difficult to change someone's sexual interests. Yet, astonishingly, the Justice Department told us the government's database of sex offenders is not available to the public. That's cause for concern in Paro. While Simons is subject to strict parole conditions, he's allowed eight contact visits a month. By agreement, Shakir Smith from Paro's Neighborhood Watch has to be informed of Simons' whereabouts. What about a provision for him to go out and look for work? If he does go out to look for work, he will have a caregiver with him constantly. Um, I don't know how that would work if he did find gainful employment. But let's face it, the guy's done 28 years. So as far as the justice system is concerned, he's done his time. Back in the Strand, Granny holds a special place in her heart for little Elroy. Sometimes when I'm alone at night, I think if he was still here, he'd probably have children, like the others, and be married. But he's gone. What does it help to cry? Because he's not with us anymore. This story has once again ignited the conversation around parole and, more importantly, the sex offenders register. Should government consider amending legislation relating to the release of violent criminals? And should the sex offenders register be made public? Let us know your thoughts using hashtag carte blanche. Thanks for listening. In case you missed any of our earlier episodes, you can find them all now on Spotify and all other major platforms. Also, head on over to the Carte Blanche website for more insightful content. <laughs>